Hey, um, again, welcome. Uh, we are in our uh, 14th week uh, as we study uh, this uh, life being a vapor, as we study the book of Ecclesiastes. And so um, our youth pastor, uh, pastor to students, uh, Goose Chang, is going to come and preach his word, uh, to preach God's word to us today. So let's uh, listen and open our hearts. All right, let's, uh, let's turn to the word in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 9. Um, just a real quick uh, correction in the bulletin. Um, it is vapor 14, I believe, and it's right up here, but in your bulletin it says 10, and we'll only be reading up until chapter 10, verse 1. So Ecclesiastes 9, uh, verse 13. I also saw under the sun this example of wisdom that greatly impressed me. There was once a small city with only a few people in it, and a powerful king came against it, surrounded it, and built huge siege works against it. Now there lived in that city a man poor but wise, and he saved the city by his wisdom. But nobody remembered that poor man. So I said, wisdom is better than strength, but the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are no longer heeded. The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. As dead flies give perfume a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for uh, your word, your truth. your wisdom, your will, your knowledge, um, spoken to us, given to us, revealed in your word, that everything we need uh, in, in all walks of life, everything we need to, to know and to have to enjoy you and honor you, it's, it's in your word, and we thank you for uh, your word. We pray that you would be with me as I Try to uh, share your word and explain it. We ask that you would give us uh, not only just a me, me a power to, to preach, but uh, all of us here, the power to hear and, and apply. So bless this time, and we ask this in the name of Christ. Amen. Um, all right, what's, what's the smartest uh, invention that you've ever come to know? Yeah, and you're like, that is so smart. It's like... Saves you like a whole lot of headache and trouble and time and energy. All right, this may be something that you either love or you hate it or you love to hate it. And, and it's the smartest invention, I think. Um, not the smartest, actually, but one of. Okay, so let me, let me just uh, say what the infomercial says and see if you can guess what it is. You want to keep warm when you're feeling chill, but you don't want to raise your heating bill. Blankets are okay, but they can slip and slide. And when you need to reach for something, your hands are trapped inside. Now there's the Snuggie, the blanket that has sleeves. Then Snuggie Snuggie keeps you totally warm and gives you the freedom to use your hands. So now you can work the remote or read a book in total warmth and comfort. Use your laptop without being cold 
or enjoy a snack while, while staying snugly warm. And, and it's funny because the whole time you see this woman who's just so frustrated that her blanket's not covering her feet and the phone rings, she's just like, <sighs> and she grabs the phone and she's cold answering the phone and it's hilarious. But um, yeah, you either love it or hate it or hate to love it, uh, love to hate it, but it's, it's, it's cool. I, know, I don't own one, but I've always wanted one, but too embarrassed to order one. But, uh, <laughs> but I think there's a cult of, of snuggy wearers or uh, people who have it, but um, but what about, uh, you know, there's a lot of dumb things that we see in life, too. Like, for example, uh, a dumb way to die, a dumb way to die. A Croatian college student was trying to impress people with his juggling skills at a party. The only thing was he was using grenades. And this man showed the world one of the stupidest ways to die as he accidentally dropped one of the grenades and then exploded, killing six people watching his stupidity. Maybe a, a dumb way to get fired. Domino's workers Michael Setzer and Christy Hammonds filmed their gross-out kitchen antics like sneezing on sandwiches or cleaning a pizza pan with a sponge one of them used to wipe his uh, bottom with just moments before. They posted their video on YouTube, and it quickly became an Internet sensation. Both employees were fired and now face criminal charges for tampering with food. Yeah, post that you work at Domino's and that you're doing all this to their food. Smart, right? But they were fired immediately. Um, all to say that there's wisdom that saves, right? Wisdom that just saves you a bunch of trouble and headache and time and energy, right? And it's just a silly example that I gave. And there's also foolishness that can cause... One instance of foolishness can cause destruction. And so my point... My points today are this. Number one, you can have nothing but make wise decisions and it'll save you. You can have nothing but make wise decisions and it'll save you. We see that in verses 13 to 18. Um, And so there's this small city and a few people in it and then this powerful king comes and attacks it, right? But it says, by, but there's this poor man in the city, and, and by his wisdom, he saves it. He saves the city, right? Um, since, gen, you know, we may not be in a, in, a, in, a, in, a time, in a town where we're being attacked by, you know, outsiders or anything like that, but we all are in some kind of war, in a spiritual battle. Ever since Genesis 3, verse 15, Satan and all his uh, armies are now at enmity against mankind, right? Um, Genesis 3.15, it says, uh, you know, your seed and his seed will be at enmity with each other, right? Ever since the fall, there is a war of, of just constant attack, right? Um, the, God of, of, of this, the God of this world, Satan, is at work to keep man from seeing the light of the gospel, 2 Corinthians 4.14, Four, four. All that he is doing, his work is to keep all of us, everyone, from seeing the light of the gospel. That's his work. That is his aim, that none of us delight in and enjoy uh, God and the gospel. His aim is to blind eyes and hearts, to do everything to bring us down and keep us from God. And, and this stuff is for real. This stuff is for real. 
temptations. We need to realize that spiritual warfare is for real. You know, there is an enemy who is uh, constantly uh, wanting to attack, wanting to keep us from seeing God and knowing God. Maybe you feel like you're under attack by the pressures of this world. You're under attack by constant pressure from parents, right? Or, or, or to be successful, or to have a, a great family, or maybe even constant pressure in the church, you know, to be godly and holy and to be a leader and to serve. Maybe there's, con- there's constant pressure everywhere, and you feel perhaps that you are under attack. But this passage reminds us that the man was poor. He didn't have any financial resources to help the city in its hour of need. He was uh, dirt poor, but he did have wisdom, and he saved his city. It says that he saved the city by his wisdom. It says that wisdom is better than strength. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. We may not have the popularity. You may not have the, the riches of the world, the standards of this world, the beauty of this world. You may not have it all together. You may not have all the, 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 the gadgets and the tools and the equipment and the, um, the IQ or the, the degree that the world has to say that you are wise. You may not have all that, but wisdom is better than strength, it says. Wisdom saves cities, even though you may have nothing. Wisdom is better than the, the strongest weapons of war. The wisdom of God, his word, his will, his power, right? the wisdom of, of truth right? is, is better than the popularity or the beauty or the wealth that the world pursues. Right? Uh, a lot of us feel like maybe beauty or maybe grades or maybe success or maybe a, you know, a nice job. or family. We, A lot of us think that those things will save us. Those things will rescue us and give us the identity and the meaning that we all want that we all crave, that we're all made to, to, to desire, to be accepted, to be loved, all those things, right? And we seek the, uh, we seek the things of this world, you know, the strength of this world, right, to save us and to give us meaning. But he says, no, it's wisdom in the word, wisdom in knowing who God is and who you are in him, his truth, his truth about the world, about sin, about salvation, Wisdom is what saves. Wisdom is what saves. Wisdom is what helps us to know who we are and what satisfies, what, who, what our value and worth is. And it says that in verse 15, nobody remembered the poor man. The poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are no longer heeded. And it says the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of ruler of fools. See, that's the thing, you know, People want to go with what's loud and, and trendy and flashy and sexy, right? That's what people want to go with. You know, what, what's flashy? What's popular? What's going to help? What's going to solve? What's the answer? But we as believers, we need to go against the flow. Go against the flow. Go against what culture says saves. We need to go against the flow. People want the power, the control, the preparation, all that they can humanly possibly do to guarantee their success. However, it says wisdom 
uh, is better. Wisdom saves. These days, you know, reading the Bible and prayer, it's not popular. It's not sexy. It's not attractive. But my encouragement to us is to seek the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is what saves. The wisdom of God is what, is what you can pursue in all areas of life to know um, how to honor him, to know how to truly be successful. It's the wisdom of God that accomplishes much, that gives you great success and saves you from a whole lot of headache and heartache. The wisdom of God. There, there once was a, a poor man that we know of, a poor man in a small town of Bethlehem. In, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, Jesus says, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He was a poor man indeed. Isaiah 53, verse 2 says of him, He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. But in his wisdom, in his wisdom, he saved his people. Nothing about him says that he would have saved the world, but in his wisdom, he saved us. The Jews were expecting a a, a savior who who would raise up an army and rebel against Roman rule. That's what they were expecting. But here comes this man, you know, exercising the wisdom of God, saying, not my will, but yours be done. Not my desires, not my ways, not my plans, but yours be done. And through him, he saved the world. But nobody remembers this poor man. Nobody remembers his wisdom. Nobody heeds his words. In Isaiah 53, verse 3, it continues to say that he was despised and rejected by by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Because why? It's not attractive. It says, the quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouts of rulers of fools. In 1 Corinthians 1, it says, the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's ridiculous. It's not attractive. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Better than strength, better than the weapons of the world. It is the power of God, hallelujah. But we preach Christ crucified, it says in verse 23. A stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, but to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. It is Christ, our ultimate wisdom, ultimate power. And his life and death, the gospel message that is in Christ, is the wisdom that saves. That saves us from a whole lot of heartache, more than a snuggie. The foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Brothers, think, it says in verse 26, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. 
It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Christ has become for us wisdom. The wisdom to life, the wisdom to being righteous before God, the wisdom to know how to be accepted and approved by by God, the wisdom to know who loves us eternally, the wisdom to know who will provide, who will care, who is in control. Christ, through the gospel, has given us this access to the wisdom of God, to understanding life, and how to uh, maneuver through it. Christ, the gospel, by faith in what Christ has done, we have the wisdom of God. We have righteousness. We have life. We have all the treasures, all the promises of God guaranteed for us by union with Christ. And that is what saves. That is what saves and that is what answers all the cravings and the hurt and the things that that we are crying out for, the wisdom of God in Christ. Second point is you can have everything but make one foolish mistake and it'll destroy you. You can have everything but make one foolish mistake and it'll destroy you. The first point was you can have nothing but make wise decisions and it'll save you. But the verse continues to say you can have everything but make one foolish mistake and it'll destroy you. It says in uh, verse 18, wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. It takes only one fool, one person who misses the mark to destroy the many good things accomplished by wisdom. It only takes one. In verse 10, verse 1, it says, as dead flies give perfume a bad smell, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Right? As dead flies give uh, perfume a bad smell. It, those, those are small. It, it, you can't really see it. But when it got in the perfume, I don't know how they make perfume these days, but back then apparently flies can go in the perfume, right? But apparently when the flies did get in, it produced a horrible stench. So in the same way, a little folly, just one mistake can bring your destruction, outweighs the wisdom and honor that you, already, that you have. One act of a fool can destroy you, is what he's saying. There was once a a pastor, uh, the news of a pastor who fell to sexual immorality and drugs back in 06. This pastor had five kids, founded a church that grew from 20 to 14,000 members, president of the largest evangelical association in America that grew from 22 million to 30 million while he was the president. In Time Magazine, he's listed as one of the 25 most influential evangelicals in America. The Wall Street Journal called him one of the nation's most politically influential clergy. Harper's Magazine states that no pastor in America holds more sway over the political direction of evangelicalism than does this pastor. One mistake. One temptation into sexual morality totally wrecked his life. Those of us who are, are, who are married, one fall into temptation of adultery 
and ruin your family, your church, your relationships. For those of us who are in college, one fall, one act of cheating, you know, can ruin your college career. Maybe even getting into high school. You know, I had three friends of mine. We uh, uh, at a at a prestigious college that I attended, uh, the number one at the time, the number one ranked public college in the nation. That uh, which. Pastor Deal and I are alumni of the University of Virginia. And uh, I had three friends, very smart, in the School of Engineering. As uh, finals and the pressures of life were coming upon them, they decided, you know what, I'm going to take the easy way out. And they all went to, they didn't know this, but they all went to you know, a, se- a senior member who took these classes before. And they, each of them went to him and asked for help. It was a take-home exam. Right, they each of them went and asked for help. Could you help me? And, they, and so the guy helped him. And um, well, basically what happened is um, they all had the, right, the, the answer, but they all did it the wrong way. And they all went to the same guy who taught them the wrong way. But they didn't know this, but they all had the right answer. And the teacher was like, hmm, something's fishy, something's fishy. Right? And so they all went through trial and went through you know, student uh, trial and things like that. And and uh, what happened was they ended up getting kicked out. They ended up getting kicked out. Three of my good friends. I'm still friends with them to this day. But uh, it was sad. You know, it was sad. Um, it, it totally, you know, one of my friends I just reconnected with, he was like, during that time, it was the worst time of my life, you know? And it, and it was sad for him. You know, all his, his the pride, the prestige, everything that, you know, uh, his family was so proud of for getting into the University of Virginia, all gone, all gone. And he's still scarred and hurt about that to this day. <sighs> Our young people, the temptations of this world, you know it, I don't have to preach it. Going to the parties, doing the drugs, it, just, it only takes one mistake. It only takes one fall into temptation to ruin everything that you have. You know, there's a, you know, there's a, um, there's a fall, a uh, waterfall in Virginia that we used to go to a park, and, and um, you know, these, these rapids are really fast, you know. And uh, in, in Ecuador that we're going to go to, um, you know, we have to cross a river by canoe. You know, and the water's like, here's the canoe, goes this high, and the water's like right there. And it's just moving tremendously fast. So what they have to do is in order to cross it, you have to cross it to get to the village and climb a mountain, literally climb a cliff and, and get to the people there. And in order to cross the, the river, you have to start at one point of the river because the people are down the river that way because you have no control of this canoe. So you have to just go with the flow. You just ride the canoe and, it, and, the, and the rapids just take you to the people and somehow they pull to the side, and drop you off. And it's really amazing. They're really skilled at it. But it's scary, right? And, and, and even and just that, at like the park that I used to go to in Virginia too, like just, you know, imagine that you're there at these just rapid waters and you're thinking, okay, you know, let, me, let me just see how fast it really is, you know? And you think, let me just take one dip, one, you know, foot. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're gone just like that, you know? And that's the mentality we have. Let me just take, let me just see. 
Let me just see how bad it really is. It can't be, you know. But you do it, and then it's one, it's one time, and you're ruined. In Romans 5, it talks about one sin, one sin that destroyed the world. In Romans 5, it says, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, death came to all because all sin only took one, one sin by Adam, right? The gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Christ, overflow to the many? There was one sin, ruined the world, ruined our relationship with God. But yet, the wisdom of God, the power of God, brought salvation. The many died because of one man. The many were guilty because of this one man. But by the grace of God, Another man came. The gift of God is not like the result of the one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Christ? Yes, we all have messed up. We all have, maybe you're in that situation right now and you don't think things can be solved and saved and redeemed. All of us, though, are in, have once been in that condition of sin, separation before God, not knowing God, not having any access to God. Because of one man's sin, death came to all. The gospel, the good news is this. God has provided one man, one act of righteousness to redeem mankind. Hallelujah. Right? By the grace of God, we can be saved. Right? This is the power of God for salvation for all who believe. Because of Christ, this one man, through his death on the cross, all our sins are forgiven. Through his righteous life, we're all accepted through faith in him. At the cross is a great exchange that takes place. All your sins, all your wrongs, all your mess-ups, all your failures, your record of guilt goes to Christ. He takes our wrath. He takes our punishment. He takes our guilt as if it was his own. And then the perfect life of Christ, his obedience, his love, his attitude, his heart, that record now comes to us. And we're rewarded, and we're blessed, and we get all the promises of God That is the gospel message. Through faith in Christ, we are redeemed. Hallelujah. God can redeem your past. God can redeem your mistakes. God can redeem the problems that we have. But brothers and sisters, because we are saved, therefore let us not continue to seek after the things that which he has saved us from. Everything you have, all the blessings you have can be wiped out by one mistake. Why continue? Why continue to ask yourself, one try, one dip, it's not going to hurt. Why do that when Christ has saved you and, and, and now when we were once poor, we have all the riches of God, everything you need. 
Why reject that by turning to that one sin, by turning to that one temptation? Why? Let us remember the gospel and continue to pursue. Yeah, yeah, we're going to mess up. Let us continue to repent. Let us continue to seek his grace. Continue to seek his forgiveness and say, I'm sorry, God, I've turned to other fountains and drunk from them, but Lord, I'm so sorry. They did not satisfy. Change my heart. Turn me back to you. Let us seek the wisdom of the gospel over and over and over again because that is what saves. That is what heals. We once have nothing. You can have nothing, but not through faith in Christ. You have everything. You have salvation and all that salvation brings. We have access to know God and his will and his instructions for life. And we access access that through prayer. We come to his throne through prayer because we are accepted and we can come to his throne. And through prayer, you can do great things. Through getting in tune and communicating with God and asking God to bring salvation, to bring his work, to bring his healing, we can do great things. You can prepare and plan out your life and be prepared for everything. And it'll do a certain amount. But with the wisdom of God in prayer, it is much stronger than weapons of war. The wisdom of God in prayer, seeking his will, good night, as we pray, as we seek him, much can be accomplished. Let's pray. Let us pray. Let's just take this time to uh, just pray and respond and think about wisdom versus folly. Ask for wisdom in the areas of your life and ask for forgiveness in the ways that we have fallen. And let's cry out for redemption and salvation and grace available in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that that it's in the gospel we have the wisdom of God, the power of God. In the gospel, we have life and answers to all of life's problems. Lord, may we seek your truth, your word. May we seek all that the gospel entails, Lord, that we may truly lavish in the gospel, in the wisdom of Christ, that through that wisdom, We can gain everything, that cities can be saved, souls can be saved, families can be saved. Praise God. May we seek your word. May we seek the gospel. And Father, we pray for those of us who have made that one mistake. We're guilty. We feel condemned and so ashamed, but we pray, God, thank you by your grace. We are redeemed. By the one act of righteousness, we are now justified and accepted before you and forgiven of our sins and loved by you and called children of God. Lord, may that truth lead us to keep wanting to pursue your ways, your word, the life that you want us to live, the life that you promise. May we seek hard after that.
pray all this in Christ's name.